Your boy, Ace Cannon. I got my man over there, Curious G. <laughs> you know, I, I just got to laugh every single time we start. I don't know what it is about the way you bring it. <laughs> you bring it and you just make me laugh and giggle. That's and good. It should be, man. People need to enjoy the moments, right? Mm. And that's what it is. So today is kind of a little bit different because we actually don't have a topic. Mm. What? But- yeah, I know. This is a very, very neutral in the way that we're going to work this. Um, my idea, just because I just, this song is that you're, you're putting up today. I guess this is the first time I can say we put yeah, up today. Yeah, we put out this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, so this motherfucker, man. And uh, the one thing about this is there wasn't, there's a lot of stuff going on in this song, but not a lot of stuff going on in this song. Mm. So, and that's a beautiful thing sometime in life. You know, you don't always have to have a lot going on. But you gotta, got you have to have something going on, and that's just kind of why I kind of want to just keep talking today to see where this goes. Who knows? Maybe the worst episode ever, but it may be the <laughs> best episode ever. You just never know. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it's it's funny that um, when when the idea of the song, and maybe people don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the song "Motherfucker," uh, because on the last episode we didn't release it at the end. Because we were coming into a new album, new season kind of a thing. That's right. So uh, people haven't maybe heard the song. Uh, Motherfucker was the original name. It's now called Hum. Hmm? Because you can't throw the title Motherfucker onto YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. You about, to get, you about to get yanked. Oh, yeah. They'll shrug yeah. that shit off. I mean. They say, they say, put him in YouTube, Facebook, jail. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, maybe you could explain to, to the listeners what the song is about, because it is about something, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, everything is about something if you're going to say something. But it's just about being that dude that will talk about, be about, is about his shit. Mm. That's how I see it. And just being authentically honest, talking about who we are. You know, I may, I, <laughs> I'm a cocky ass motherfucker if you haven't heard it within my tone in all these episodes that we have. And I definitely am. And I, but I always, I always though, and you can even hear it within the lyrics. It's always about the respect at the end of the day. And, you know, I may be that dude who talks one way, bees one way, does things a certain way, but I'm generous, you know, and it's just growing up in the hood. It's kind of, 
you have to be. You have to surround yourself with people. And it's a real give take because there's going to be a time where someone needs to give a little more, give a little less. And it's just what it is. But it's just have to be that motherfucker, you know, it's just being that guy in the hood, being that guy around. But I also am well-dressed, and that's how I end the song. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's one of my favorite parts of that song. Um, well-dressed motherfucker, that's my name. <laughs> Dude, I just love that line. Um, yeah, so the the whole... The thing about this song was I was, I was starting to want to really play with the experience of being in the studio, right? Because when you're just rapping and you're, you're just doing it at home and you're practicing, you're trying to figure this shit out, you can't really play with the sound like a, you can with a microphone. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So I was starting to see what could happen when I was on a mic in a studio. I started to relax and get comfortable in my skin a little bit. So I actually wanted to play with the sound, mm -hmm. right? So when I started to come up with the idea of the song, I was just going, hum that motherfucker, hum that motherfucker, hum that, you know, and just oh, over and over and over. Anecdotal, bro. I didn't even know that. And it was that hum, hum, ah, hum, ha, hum, yeah, ha. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Ooh, ha, ha. I wanted to play with, with the sound and the tone um, to make something catchy. That was, that was the idea. Is I want to yeah. be a catchy motherfucker. And and then, you know, I, I kind of started thinking, you know, all these songs that I have, like I'm, I'm getting kind of deep and shit like that here and there. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really want to say anything specific on this song other than, you know, you know, kind of like Socrates when we talked about in the first episode, you know, he always talks about the things that made people uncomfortable. Right. Well, I'm that motherfucker. Right? And that, that was the whole idea of the song is I wasn't going to say anything in the song other than I'm that motherfucker, you know? And, um, I, I think sometimes when you have something really that, that is different than what most people are used to talking about, sometimes it can kind of catch people by surprise. Absolutely. You know, well, it's like we talk about the truth. Yeah. The truth catches people by surprise all the time. And when you look back and you're just like, huh, oh shit, you know, and you just kind of hit you and you realize that, like truth hits you in the face, combos you sometimes. And then it gives you a knockout blow and you just realize sitting on your back seeing Tweety Birds and shit like, yeah, I was fucked. <laughs> like I wasn't right right there. So yeah, man, I understand exactly what you're saying because the, the notion of classic as it is, is sometimes the truth hurts, mm. you know, it doesn't. There's, it's just not pretty sometimes, but you know, it's what needs to be heard, what needs to, you know, be said. And it's just the reality of shit. I don't, we don't want to be sheep. And then and that's one thing we've always, we've talked about you know, multiple times is just being sheep. And I would rather people tell me the truth to my face than lie behind my back, lie mm -hmm. to my face. Like, just tell me the truth, bro. And, you know, it makes things a lot easier and it's able to, you're able to sleep better at night. You know, when you're honest, like it might, it might suck for a day, but I've never heard anybody ever come back and be like, bro, I wish you had never told me the truth. You know, maybe there's, I'm sure there's everyone can be like, well, I did, well, I did, well, I did. Well, yeah, my bad. But I mean, I'm, I've always been happy when people have told me the truth, even about myself, you know, cause I've, I mean, I'm not perfect, you know, by any means. So it's just, uh, it's always good to be truthful. Have you ever heard of the imposter syndrome? Yeah, I feel like I live it from day to day. You know, and I, I, I think this is something I heard on, I, I was actually watching YouTube, I want to say either yesterday or this morning or something. 
And I, I like to do that like when I've got 10, 15 minutes and I'm eating something and I'll just pop on like something and mm-hmm. it'll just take me in different places. And I think it was um, uh, it was a young woman that's a psychology student or something like that. And she was talking about the imposter syndrome and, you know, being genuine and stuff like that. And she says, you know, everybody feels like an imposter sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we all feel that. Um, and we judge ourselves so harshly. Right. The the worst. It it is, you know, and, you know, part of it is we want to be accepted. Part of it is, you know, we want people to, you know, I don't know what different, different things. Like we want to be liked, you Mm -hmm. know, and we don't want to be seen as that asshole. Right. Um, So there is reasons why we kind of put on maybe a faultiness at times, but I don't think that we should judge ourselves bad for that. I think, I think it's a good thing to kind of fit in and then slowly let people know who you are. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be that dude that the first time you meet somebody, you're just unloading all this shit. It's survival, right? It is survival. Like if you want to break it down to the deep, it's like, you got to get in first. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I always say, you know, to build a house, you got to build, you know, some foundation. And you have to do the same thing. If you're trying to build something with someone, you just got to kind of go easy with it. You can't be putting a ceiling on Mm -hmm. (laughs) before anything else is built, you know? And that's one thing. It's just a survival. I think it's the same thing like a chameleon, Mm. you know, someone that can adapt like that. That can be almost negative sometimes because then people say, who the fuck is that guy, bro? He's always just saying what people want to hear, you know? So it's a, it's a thin line. But I used to get the chameleon. They'd call me the chameleon all the goddamn time when I was growing up. Yeah, because, you know, I went to a school that was uh, mostly black and up until sixth grade. Yeah. Right. Well, I should say that I went to a bunch of schools, (laughs) (laughs) but that was like my main school because that was in the neighborhood that my mom lived. And then when my parents got divorced a couple of years after she moved out of the area, but my grandmother lived in the same neighborhood and my mom was kind of a fuck up. So every time that I needed a uh, steady school. That was my school. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like fifth grade, I was in five schools before Christmas break. And that Damn. was, yeah. Dude. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was, uh, I lived in, um, a challenging home. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was very nicely said. Yeah. Nicely it was, said. it was had some challenges, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Um, but you know, the, the point was, is I had a lot of, um, black people that I associated with, you know, and, uh, you know, I'd get this thing where they'd call me the chameleon all the time, you know? And it was like, like, like they were challenging me. Like I was trying to fit in with their group. No, motherfuckers, you just rubbing off. Yeah. <laughs> it know? happens. I ain't trying to act like shit. It's you know, just, it's what's around, man. It's yeah. Shit. People, people who live in foreign countries do it all the time. You all of a sudden just have an accent. You never had one ever in your life. And then all of a sudden, you know, Speaking with like a British accent because you spent a semester there. It's like, yeah, man, that's what happens. If you hear it every day, mm. if you live it every day, it's what you become. It's just, it's classic. You know, I, I know that when I'm around, you know, some of my friends, I talk definitely different. I get way more hood when I talk about people, like when I hang out with people from the past. Mm. Yeah. It just, it comes out all the time. Same. Yeah. It's just, same. it same. just happens. Like I, it's, it's what it is, but it's, it's funny because my best friend is a white guy and it's just like the exact kind of funny because we are, we're just so opposites. You know, he's six, four white guy, played goalkeeper, big dude. And me being the five foot five little Mexican, but we always just got along because we were just real with each other. Mm. And that's what it was. So then to this day, it's kind of funny because we act like children every time we're together, like nothing's ever changed. But you know, I love that dude to death. He's been, he's been by my side since day one. He, uh, 
crazy story about my best friend. He ended up, uh, he lived across the street from me, like diagonally. And I didn't even know that until we were coming home from basketball practice one day. And then he goes, Aunt. And I go, Rob, go, you live there? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you live there? <laughs> I go, yeah. I go, dope, man. I'll be over in a little bit. And after that, we were just inseparable forever. And then still to this day, you know, I was just chatting with him today and we just always make sure each other's all right. And, but you know, like your best friends, when you don't talk for like three months, it feels like it was yesterday. Still, you'll go yeah. back and you're just right back to where exactly where you were. Cause that's one of your real ones. Kid friends are funny, dude. You ever get in a fight with your friend and tell him you're never going to talk to him again ever? And then you're like back over there later that day. Oh, bro, I was back there for dinner. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I definitely, definitely Fuck done this. You, Fuck man. you, man. Yeah. What did you say? Bro, I swear you took the last brownie. Man, fuck this place. Yeah. Hey, man, what you guys having for dinner? <laughs> so that's, and yeah, it's just, it's just a, you know, it's one of the dynamics that I've realized, you know, with girls and guys. It's guys arguments. They seem to get over shit a little quicker to me because it's, I don't even know if it's just the classic, like, bro, we might need each other. So we probably should just be cool with each other. Mm. But I've, I've noticed that some of my arguments with females in my life seem to last a lot longer than they were with some of my boys. And maybe it's just because we've been stupid and we're boys and we know that we're kind of stupid, you mm -hmm. know, sometimes. So it's just like, yo, my bad dog. Yeah, my bad dog. And it's like, it never happened. Mm -hmm. It was kind of, kind of crazy. That's one thing I always noticed with all my friends growing up. Like I still have some females that are mad at me and I know they still mad at me, but deservedly so. I was kind of a fuck up, so. Do people sometimes catch you by surprise? Like if we're that motherfucker that says things that most people don't, do, do people catch you by surprise or is it like, or is most conversations that you fall into just superficial? Like, how are you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Fine. You I know? think, I think everyone gets caught off surprise every once in a while. It's almost impossible not to, because when something goes against the grain, it, it does. It's like, Whoa, what was that? And it, Sometimes you, it's people, it's people is the easiest way. Cause that's the most you communicate with. Obviously it's people. You don't be talking to dogs like that. But when you, when you hear someone even say something, even when we're like watching YouTube or something like that, someone will say some shit and I'm like, what the fuck was that? You know, mm. but in a good way. Um, also in a bad way though, there's times where I hear people that I don't even know will be angry with somebody. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with them? Mm. You know? So that even catches me off guard. Like when people are mad at, anyone who works in the service industry. I'm like, bro, it's just a burger, dog. Like, you about to go to war for a burger? You about to get on YouTube and everyone's going to remember you? TikTok dancing? And that's going to be you yelling, throwing a milkshake at somebody? It's <laughs> like, calm the fuck down, dog. We all human at the end of the day. What, you get caught off? You ever get caught off guard? I did this morning. That's actually that, why I was perfect. asking. That's why I was asking. I uh, <clears throat> So you don't know, know this. I haven't told you since... We last talked, but I changed jobs this week. No, which in unions that happens, right? Yeah. Like I'm in a I'm in a union that we're a referral union, which means let's say they run out of work at my job, which yeah. they did last week, <laughs> right? They're like, oh, we ain't got shit for you to do. So um, actually, half the company is getting laid off today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, cool. You know, yeah. and so I ended up getting a another job, um, in a referral union. We just put our name on the list and then they go down the list and call people and, and yeah. offer them jobs. Right. Um, but I needed to keep this shit going. I was like, you know, I need to work. So I made a phone call and got a job off of a phone call, which is very good. Um, but I was with this company for like six years and a lot of dudes I knew. 
right? And I came in there and um, there was another kid there, 20 years old. 20? 20 years old. That is a kid. First year apprentice, right? Like new, new, new. Um, and uh, we get in this conversation this morning and it, was, it started off simple. I was like, hey man, how you doing? He said, I'm a bit tired. You know, a 20 year old kid says he's tired. You know just, what I mean? Just wait, buddy. You're, you're, and it's, it's Tuesday, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, just it, wait, buddy. The weekend that. So I'm like, what are you doing? You're so tired. You know, and he, he had some stuff going on at home. He's got a grandfather that's passing away. And we ended up in this heart to heart talk for about five minutes, you know, just off this stuff. And, you know, what kind of struck me about that, that thing is, I'm a pretty vulnerable person. I'm pretty open. Yeah. Right. And it's taken a lot of work to get to that point. And I, I kind of feel like I'm also, when somebody says something, I can quickly be available, you know, to, I don't know, be of service. Yeah, absolutely. No, that <laughs> I, makes I don't sense. know any other way to say that. And this was an opportunity. Like we had a real conversation and the dude came back to me after, you know, when we went to lunch and he started to share some more stuff. So he felt like I was listening to him and that I heard him and all this and that. And it, it struck me that, that so much of life is about relationships. Yeah. You know, here I am at a job that I just started on Monday because of a relationship. Right. I just made a phone call and boom, I'm working, you know, and here I am on this job meeting somebody I've never known before and making a relationship. You know what I mean? And then, you know, as an apprentice, he's coming to me throughout the day and he's asking me questions and I'm trying to guide him along. You know, it gives you a good feeling to be that kind of person. You know, yeah. because the kind of person that I've been in life, like if you if you take a snapshot in different places in history, you know, sometimes that motherfucker wasn't a good yeah, motherfucker. They different, they different books, dog. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Yeah, books. like I'm writing a different story. Yeah, yeah, whole different right? story now. But what's cool is like when you're vulnerable like that and you're open, you never know where a relationship's going to come from. Yeah. Like me and you, we didn't really know each other. And then all of a sudden we know each other and then now we know each other well. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, it's been less than, I mean, not, yeah, not very it, long. Not very yeah, long. Not very long at all. But, you know, if I wasn't open... You know, and if I wasn't open, if I wasn't available and ready, who knows, dude? And I guess why I'm bringing this up is when I was just like after high school, I had a lot of relationships that I thought were friends that I'd have forever. You know, I thought we'd be buzz, yeah, buzz yeah. forever. And yeah. boy, we had a good time. We laughed a lot. But a lot of those dudes weren't real friends. Oh, you man. know, looking back in retrospect, uh, a lot of times they were in it for themselves, you know, and I'd like to think that, that most of my relationships today um, are pretty valuable relationships. But I tell you, if I would have uh, picked out friends the way I used to pick out friends, I wouldn't have none, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I liked the people that were funny and good looking and, you know, all that shit, you know what I mean? Made me look good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was all about that. And um, today it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? I just look for that genuine that genuine. And um, I, you, sometimes you find it and it comes from strange places. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So in my job, through coincidentally, I was with someone this week and what I did was, you know, I had, I had someone call me back after about five months. I ah, know that's about three months, excuse me. And so like I told you, I'm, I help people get jobs as well. I'm an 
a headhunter, just for if we didn't know. And he called me and he was talking to me and I realized that like I, I one, I was honest with him when we first met. And then two, I was able to tell him, you know, he's a bit younger and he's like, man, you know, the work, work is, isn't going that well. Things are going that well. And I, and I remember asking him, do you want, what kind, what kind of friend do you want right now? And he goes, well, I want your advice. And I go, all right, man, let me tell you. And I, you know, I did. And I told him the one thing right now is I go, you got to change your mindset first. He goes, what do you mean? And I go, well, you're looking at all the negatives. I go, what Mm. about the positives? And I go, yeah, your, your job is a contract job. I go, so what's your, what is your job then? And he was like, what do you mean? I go, well, what is your job? And he goes, I'm, you know, I'm doing inventory at Nike. And I was like, no, 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 no. Your job is to get another contract. Mm. Your job is to think about your next move. And I go, how many people have you met that aren't working with you? And he goes, he goes, what do you mean? Everyone works with me. And I go, no, 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 no. I go, you want to do marketing, right? And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, have you met anyone in the marketing department? And he goes, nah, not really. And I go, see, this is your job. I go, your job is to put yourself out there and be genuine and meet somebody. And, and I go, and I go, you got to start remembering that your job is to maximize this opportunity mm. to the fullest, bro. And I just, you know, and he, we kept, we kept going on and I go, bro, life sucks sometimes. I go, but, and I've said, maybe I've said this on this podcast, but I go, you can't judge yourself when things are going good. You have to judge yourself when shit's going bad. You have to. And I go, I know no one wants to say judge, but maybe it's reflection. I don't even know exactly how I said it, but- Judge isn't a bad thing. Exactly. Okay, thank you. Because I did say judge, but I just, uh, and see, I was catering to the people. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I go, that's when you, fi- I go, this is when you find out who you really are, dog. And he was like, damn. And I go, yeah, man, are you going to give up? I go, because that's just going to linger with you. And I go, then and I go, once you give up once- you're going to give up again. You know, something in The Alchemist, one of my favorite lines is something that happens once will never happen again, but something that happens twice will definitely happen a third. Mm. And that's just real. I go, bro, if you start giving up now, you're going to keep giving up. You're going to keep giving up. You might eventually get a break, but why don't you just push the brakes now? And he was like, holy shit, man. I go, bro, every day I go, if you don't, your job, it seems dead end. I go, have you mastered it yet? I go, have you tried to maximize your skills? Have you tried to look at everything you can get from it? And he was like, well, I go, exactly. I go, master that shit, dog. Be a little Sisyphus on that motherfucker. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> and uh, you got to. Nah, so, uh, but he, he goes, man, I, I wasn't looking at it like that at all. And I go, perspective, dog, everything is. I go, it's all perspective, and then we talked about the meme on the internet that kind of goes around. It's the same dude, same, same picture. One guy's looking at the rocks. One guy's looking at the sunset, same bus. You could go to the other side too. You know, I'm a, <clears throat> I know, I, I never know how I sound and I know I sound this, so I don't even know, but I'm a super positive person. Mm. You know, I believe in myself, maybe to a fault. I believe in my friends. I believe in some people more sometimes than they do, you know? Hence why I do what I do, because it's for my time. To- my my job is to recognize that, and you know, manifest things for people, and like make them believe and do the things that they can. Because 
one one line that I heard one time when I was listening to a podcast was successful people never bring people down. Successful people like raise people up. And that's always the person that I want to be. You know, so that was that dude. And that's the motherfucker I am. Like words and all this shit, it is what it is, but it's the actions. You know, it's the one... <clears throat> I'm going to be quoting a bunch of shit now. Usually I don't quote shit, but the, but in like Buddhism, one of the things that, one of the passage, passages that I really liked, and I'm going to kind of mess this up, but I'm paraphrasing is, you know, a thousand candles can be lit off one without diminishing your happiness. Mm. And I look at it like that, like, bro, I ain't had a, I don't got to diminish anything with me to be happy and just show happiness towards somebody else. You know, I just think, why? Well, yeah, man, why, why not be a positive person? Like we have, there's enough negative people in the world. Like, let me be that positive person. Let me be the person that people remember. And it is egotistical, but I feel like it's a good ego to have, mm. you know, to be a person that can be dependable, reliable, honest, truthful. And I know that I have some friends, quote unquote, I definitely don't ask their opinion on shit, but I'll go out and hang out with them. But then I have some other friends where I'll call and just be like, yo, I need the real shit right now, man. Mm. And they tell me how it is. I mean, you're one of them. You've, <laughs> you've definitely told me some things I didn't want to hear, mm. but- I respect you for that. You know, and I, I think we're not really friends if we're blowing smoke up each other's asses, to be honest <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, that's that's the that's the test of fruit, true friendship is to be able to withstand um, helping each other become better people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yes, right, right. yes, yes, yes. Um, so I look at things kind of fucked up sometimes. Well, maybe not fucked up, but... <laughs> You know, like judgment. You, you mentioned judgment and you kind of give a negative connotation. And I don't yeah. think you really believed that. I think that you expected me to, you know, have, have a reaction. Yeah, so you take something like judgment, right? Judgment isn't a bad thing, right? I got to be able to make some judgments to keep my ass safe. True, 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 <laughs> like, true. Should I cross this motherfucking street right yeah, here? Probably not. There's a lot of cars coming. No. Yeah. So there's a judgment, right? But I think where judgment is is bad is like when it's character uh, assassination. Yes, you know what I mean? Like yes, that yes. type of stuff. Yeah. Like like you can take anything, like anger, you know, and you can you can either have that good or bad, right? It's just I think sometimes we get out of balance with things like judgment. You know what I mean? Where it's an ego serving device where we're trying to, you know, maybe build ourselves up and talk shit about this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um but I think when you're when you're secure within yourself and you're balanced within yourself, I think judgment a lot of times can be a good thing. Now you don't have to spread your opinions, you know, and tear motherfuckers down, but you could be in your head going, Oh shit, that's a dangerous motherfucker. I might want to just back out back of that, out you of know? Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes that, that type of judgment, it saves us some personal injury. Yeah. You know, one of the best things that I've had happen to me recently and I've, I'm usually just off the top and I'll say what's on my head, mm. but I catch myself so often going, I don't really need to say that, you know? And I, I've, I've, I've realized that lately. Cause there's saying, why, why do I even need to go fight that battle? Mm. You know, there's no reason to fight that battle. And I catch myself biting my tongue a lot more than I used to. And maybe it's just cause my knees are starting to hurt. I'm getting old, mm. but I just realized there's no point in fighting some battles. You don't need to. And it's, it's okay to let, it's okay to let someone win. Like you don't have to always be right. And it's, I mean, obviously it feels good, but what did you really get at the end of the day? You know, just to prove your point, you know, it is, it's serving the ego. Like you're saying, yeah, it's just serving the ego. And 
I try to think about things about long run or in the future, even though, you know, I, I'm a firm believer you can't change the future and that's another argument, but I believe you can change the present that dictates the future or like your habits or how you are and what you be and all those things. And that's uh shout out to Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now. I think I've referenced that before. You have on this podcast. Yeah, in fact. it's like, that's, it's a book that changed my life. And it was, man, when I heard, you know, the past is the future. The future is the future. Mm. The, the, the present is the future. The past is the now. This is the now. It's like, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but all you got is this. Mm. <laughs> you only have this moment. I actually said that wrong. It was the future is now. The past is now. Now is now. And that's what it is. It's just like, you got now. And so it's just act right. You know, I try to act the best I can to like be utilitarian, you know, m smallest amount of work to get the mat the most impact. And, you know, I want to be a person that can, we can look back on and that I can be proud of. I've said this before and I don't even remember where, but if, you know, if you do see your movie, when you go, you better, you want it to be a good movie. You know, your mm. life flashes before your eyes. You don't want to see some tragedy and just bullshit, 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 and then have resentment. I want to be able to go peacefully. You know, wherever we're going to go after that, it's all about just being peaceful. And that's just kind of, you know, where I kind of stand with that. Mm. You know, I think the song uh, Hum or Motherfucker, <laughs> I think it's about being genuine. You know, yeah. if, I, if I bring it down to something, you know, and I was so genuine when writing the lyrics of that song. I was sitting over in Moonshiner's Barbecue, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working on the lyrics for this thing, right? And a uh, girl that works there come over and asked me how it was or something. My mouth was full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Class, classic way to and waitress. I'm sitting there trying to think about how to end that line, you know, how to bring it out to the end of the thing. And, you know, uh, it ended up be that part of this part ended up in the song you know what i mean i ended up writing about the brisket or something like that at the at the moonshiners um and the the idea was you know when when something's so good you can't say shit you know what i mean like yeah. like it tastes so good that you got no words you know what i mean like i think I, that's the way i kind of worded it something like that um brisket kicks it quiet hum gets heavy to talk open where i come from you know it was, it was yeah. a crazy ass nothing line but <laughs> yeah that's funny. I just did the verse in my head. I couldn't even remember what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, it, yeah. It, you know, it, it, I was kind of in the moment when I was writing the lyrics and I was I, I was kind of stuck. And just when she said that, I was like, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Let me just keep this shit going here. Dude, I never told you this. I, don't, I, <laughs> I wrote that thing probably like 48 hours before we did it. I don't know if I ever told you that. No, you didn't. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, it's done. I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, I, you, dude, I have no doubt that you could do it. So uh, <laughs> let me let me tell you all motherfuckers what happened after we finished the last recording of this thing. Anthony says, I can freestyle like a motherfucker. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, let's hear you do it. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to check. I'm going to kick the tires. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just going to let that kind of conversation just slide Absolutely. through. I'm going to make a judgment. Let's, let's put this shit on the table. As I soon got we got. And this dude went on for five minutes nonstop motherfucker had some spit coming out of his mouth and worked that into the rhyme and started talking about that shit. And I just couldn't, I was blown away. I was blown away. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Bless my mama. Bless my mama. But there's some genuineness there, right? Oh, yeah. Like you genuinely had to have put in some work. Oh, absolutely. It's not, I mean, I was just, and this is where sometimes people who have certain abilities get caught up in their abilities. It's because I knew it. Like there was no doubt in my mind. I was like, bro, I can write a verse and memorize it in 24 hours. Mm. Happened to be 48 hours because I got in a good groove and- you know, I, I recycled like one or two of those lines in that song that I've always wanted to say. And cause I've always wanted to say like, um, I bleed red man, United glory, glory champion. So sue me got game. Like my name, Wayne Rooney. It's cause it's like one of my favorite, like Wayne Rooney was one of my favorite soccer players growing up. And I'm a Manchester United fan till the day I die. And <clears throat> so, yeah, there was just certain things in there. And yeah, I, I laughed when I laughed also when I said, you know, uh, like my ego is as big as Kanye's. I mm-hmm. laughed at thought that, you know, and it was that, but it was, it was just, uh, it was nice because you put me back in it too. Cause it's something I haven't done in years. I mean, I was rapping all the time when I was in college and even when I was in a little bit after that, I mean, I was doing shows around here for a little bit, but then my first business took off and, you know, I couldn't be going out when I had to wake up at six in the morning and go coach soccer. It just mm-hmm. wasn't, wasn't conducive to the game and I just kind of let it go away. And actually I was working with this guy named, oh, I can shout out to him because he's a music artist named Stefano Theo. And he, we had a little falling out because my ego got in the way. You know, I was, we had a moment where rather than try to come together, I was like, oh wait, you think you're the talent? Oh, that's funny. (laughs) And I was just, but it was my 25 year old ego just having to be right. When now I look back, you know, I've made, I've made men's with him and just be like, bro, my bad. Like I was drinking too much, smoking too much, talking too much. It wasn't even really me, man. I was clouded like all the time. And it's, it's what we all go through though, man. You can, you know, it's making mistakes. We all make mistakes, man. Like we're all going to, we're human. And, but if you generally want to, you know, say you're sorry to somebody and you truly mean it, they'll accept it. You know, mm-hmm. it may not be on the right time, right? You know, you can't expect anyone to be on that time when they accept it. But, you know, it's just the acknowledgement of knowing that you truly mean something. And I've said this before, though, and I'm going to say this to the, everyone. If you accept someone's apology, you can't bring that shit up again if mm-hmm. you truly accept it. Because if you bring up that shit later in some kind of other argument, you never accepted that apology. That's my I think genuineness is 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 hard to find these days. Oh yeah. Um and you know honestly one of the reasons why I put this song first on this album um was twofold. I looked back on that Headspace album and I was like, "Damn. I talked about some shit with Banks and fucking uh Jungle with the you know war on drugs framed when I was talking about like the the propaganda and shit that exists and and the way that we're framed. Um so I was talking about some some shit and I was looking back at it and I was like, "Damn, I am that motherfucker," right? But I also knew it was coming on this next album, right? Um uh Storm of Clouds and Smoke. Right. That's that's the album that we're currently in. This is the first track on this album. And there's some things that's coming on this album. And I felt like, you know, the, the first album, Headspace, was this is the shit that took up my headspace. Right. But this next album, it's kind of like walking through this life right now. And there's a lot of smoke out there. Right. Yeah. And a lot, hazy. Of, a lot of clouds. It's lot hard of to see where we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and 
I'm that motherfucker. I'm that genuine motherfucker that's trying to make it through the clouds and the smoke. And how do I keep who I am true? Right. And, and that's kind of a little bit of this song too. Um, but it takes work to be genuine. And is there anything that you do as a practice to stay true to who you are, um, to be an individual? Yeah. Well, I think one is, you know, I, I've said this before, but reading helps me a lot mm. to see perspective. You've said um, that a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm, a good I thing. Mean, yeah. I just, yeah. I, uh, I also do a lot of self-reflection now. Uh, and I look at, I try to prepare myself for similar situations now and realizing I didn't get a good reaction on that time for saying things a particular way. So I really try to just look at how I've been in a day. Did I help a situation? Did I hurt a situation? You know, I'm a single dude, so I'm by myself a lot Mm. and it gives me a lot of time. Sometimes I, you know, it's good, but sometimes it's bad because then I overanalyze everything because I'm always in myself. And I also, you know, meditate at least 10 minutes a day where I just sit in silence and just try to not think. And it, it helps a lot. But I also think another thing is by, by not engaging in social media with people I don't know, that actually helps me quite a bit. Cause I used to get in a lot of tiffs and wanting to prove my point. Um, but being genuine now, I just say, what's, what's the point? What's the, what am I, what am I getting out of it? Right, what right, am I, right, what am right. I really, really doing? You know, so my, my Facebook only has 385 people maybe. And that's maybe a lot for some people, maybe not. It just, but I know all 385 of those people and it's just people that I stay real with. So if I post anything, you know, mostly it's on there on story just so my friends can see it. So I'm not, I'm not engaged. I really, I really, really like videos like watching people laugh and be stupid. And that just makes me good. So I really try to not be so serious all the time. Mm. And the one thing I also try to do is, like I said earlier, is I really look at myself as wanting to be someone who can be a positive influence. You know, we've talked about my nephew and that, that dude changed my life. And I never, cause my brother said something to me, my brother and I are extremely different, but exactly the same. I, it's kind of, you know, I know oxymoron, but we, we just, we have different morals, not even different morals. We have different mentalities of how we get to things. But at the end of the day, we still, you know, we're family first, making sure that all our obligations are taken care of. Uh, someone needs help, you know, we'll go help them. We always protect our mother. That's like the one thing we <laughs> yeah, don't you know, I, I had that in the back of my head here. And this was what I was about to say yeah. is, is I think that a lot of who you are comes from your mom, dude. Oh, and you've said it a few times on this podcast. Yeah. But there was something different about her. There was something different about your mother. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's why I think you were a little bit different coming out of Yakima. And I think that might be why you made it out of there. You know what I mean? Is is um I don't think like my mother, my mother was not a mother like yours. Yeah. Right? Uh my mother was the kind of mother that wanted to look good um, through me, you know what I mean? Or or never never really put me first. Okay. Let, me, let me put it that way. Yeah. Let me put it that way. Um, which is you know probably why I was in five schools before Christmas break <laughs> on when I was in fifth grade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my mother had usually herself first, you know, and I was usually the afterthought, which is okay. That's who she was. And that's kind of where she was in life, you know, and this isn't like knocking her down. Um, but you can tell 
And, and you, I think you even said this at one point. I don't remember if you said it on the podcast, how, you know, about the, the families that people come from and, and how are you going to, you know, have good relationships unless you had some of that, you know, steady stuff. Um, I forget what episode it was, but, um, you know, I think a lot of who you are and the genuineness that you have comes from your mom. You need to give her a hug oh, and bro, tell her, I, thank you. Oh, I do every, like every day. Yeah. You know, I, I say, I love you to my mother at least once a day. You know, I, at least once a day. Well, I love your mom too. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, I met her what, once? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once. Maybe. I think, maybe she said like, and it wasn't passing like, Hey yeah. Sean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the guy I'm doing the podcast with. No, but you know, I, 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 I pick up on a lot of stuff and, um, I, I want to say it might've been the, maybe the jungle episode or, or the money episode. It was recent. It was recent. You, yeah. were, you were talking about the the difference of your mom and how you're like, I don't know if she knew all this stuff was going to come down the line, but just the way that she, you know, approached you, you know, mm-hmm. and the things that she had you do. Um, and it made a difference. It sent you in a different direction 100%. than a lot of parents. I think um, today, you know, like just let the kids sit in front of the TV and the screen and da 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 da. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, the one thing that I that I just got to is, you know, you said like my mother didn't put herself first; mm-hmm. she put us first. Yes. and and the one one of the main reasons that she ended up getting a divorce from my father, my stepdad. It's a crazy story to tell. My stepdad ended up adopting me, but he could never get over the fact that she's going to love me and my brother more than him. And it was an ego on his end. And my mom was just like, well, I'm never going to love you more than I love my children. Mm. You know? And after, after that happened, like I was like, I think I said to you, I got testy with my mom once. Yeah. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, she put me in my place real quick. And after that, I never, I never even thought about it. Yeah. You know, there's been times where I was a fuck up and you know, she's always had my back cause she, she's believed in me more than I believed in myself. And I think that's why I try to do the same thing to other people. And I, I mean, I don't know. I've never really sat and analyzed why I am the way I am. I just analyze more situations of myself, but I, maybe, the, I mean, the easy answer is her, you know, and I know we always have people want to talk about, you know, I want to be the best version of myself. And like I do, but you know, she was so proud of me growing up that I don't ever want that to stop. Like, I just want like the best compliment I get is when my mom says, I'm proud of you. Like I, I, there's, there's nothing better than that to me. And, you know, I make it a point now to, you know, sometimes they say it's you know unmasculine or it's kind of weak or whatever, but I make it a point to tell my friends, like, I love them. Mm. And I make it a point to tell them like, bro, I'm fucking proud of you. Like, I'm proud to that call you my friend. And when you're talking about those relationships, it's more people recently in my life mm. because as you get older, they, like shit becomes more real, you know, because it's like, we only have a set time on this earth. And as you get older, it's like, you don't got time for that bullshit. And look at me, all this gray hair that I have right now is coming out, but you just don't have time. And you want to be around the people that are just going to build each other up, man. We want to build this community and be strong because you know, shit, like we say, shit gets tough, but knowing that you have a good team behind you like that, that you feel strong. And my mom created a, a strong team. I feel like everyone in my circle is tight. Like we tight and we got each other's backs. And, you know, that's how I, that's how I like to be with things, which is, 
you know, I'm like I've said in this podcast, I sleep well at night knowing that I'm trying my best. It's all I can do, you know, but I want to ask you as well. Mm. How do you stay genuine? What do you work on? Um, believe it or not, I did an inventory. Mm. Um, and, and this is kind of, you know, I wanted to kind of know who I am. Okay. Right. When I was in college, I don't know if I ever mentioned this. Um, I was in a program called Quanta. Um, I never heard this. Yeah. The college I went to Daytona college, they had this program. I don't even know if it still exists. Uh, Quanta, Quanta, it was for, uh, people that tested really high with literature and things like that. Okay. There was 30 people that they picked or 20 something people, whatever it was, it was a class. And we went from class to class to class all together. Like most students, they go to college, they go to, you know, here and there, you'll never see the same people twice, but we all were in the same group all the time. And we got one grade for one thing that we turned in. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. But it was like your English class, your humanities class, your sociology class, your psychology class, all these things went through the lens of who I am. Right. And you're supposed to be doing this big portfolio called the who I am portfolio. And I guess that kind of started me in a direction of self-awareness. And I think I was 22 when I started college, Okay, you know, something like that. Uh, 22, maybe 23, that era. And um, up to that point, you know, we've talked about my criminal history and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was just getting into the normal life and stuff like that by this age. And um, I felt very different and very alone in a lot of ways because I had all these ideas and the things that I wrote and the stuff like that. And I thought nobody thought like me. (laughs) We're all unique, you know? (laughs) And when I was going through this, who I am, portfolio, um, I got exposed to some different things through literature. And all of a sudden I realized I wasn't the only one that thought like me. And I started to see like, you know, and that's what got me interested in philosophy and got me interested in this and that. And then all of a sudden it feels so alone. So that was kind of the, the beginning of it. And then, um, years later doing a different type of inventory, um, where I had to, I wanted to actually know who exactly I was. Yeah. You know, um, and it was hard to figure that out. And, and the way I kind of approached it was, well, how, how do I want people to treat me? You know, do I want people to treat me this way? Well, that's the way I believe that I need to be then. Right. I flipped everything around. Right. And I actually did a lot of work to figure out exactly who I was. And, and today I am that motherfucker. I'm yeah. very true to who I am. Right. Uh, to, th- to thine own self be true. Mm. You know where that comes from? Uh, did it come from a Laffy Taffy? No. Oh, okay. Came from Hamlet. Mm. To thine own self to be true. Because Hamlet was in this period of indecision. <laughs> he didn't know what the fuck to do, right? To be or not to be. What am I going to do? Am I going to do it or not do it? I'm going to revenge the the murdering of my father and kill my uncle. You know what I mean? To be or not to be. What should I do? Like he had this indecision. And somebody told him to thine own self be true. But you yeah. have to know who yourself is to be yeah. true to yourself. And today I am that motherfucker that is very true to myself. And it's because I did the work to figure out exactly who I was, Mm. you know? Um, And, and this is, this gives me a lot of power because, okay. So when somebody says, Sean, you're a dumb motherfucker. Well, you know what? Those words don't really hurt me. Right. Because I don't, 
I don't place value in whether with the way other people see me. Mm. Right. I, I know who I am today. You know what I mean? And I, I know there's some flaws there. <laughs> you know, I got a pile <laughs> of them, you know, but they're shrinking. They're shrinking, yeah. believe it or not. No, I'm, are. I, I'm getting better. But um, I think sometimes we give power to other people, right, by the way that they react to us, you know? And here's an interesting thing. I, I see myself a little bit as a shaman. Okay. Okay. So a, shan- a shaman. Oh, a shaman. A shaman. You know what a shaman is? I mean, I know of it. I don't know the exact definition, but... What's your idea of a shaman? Uh, a shaman would be kind of like a person in the village who was almost like a wise man. Spiritual, yeah, Spir- that's spiritual. spiritual. Yeah, spiritual. but like just a just a dude that just in the village that kind of just knew something. So this was- is my definition of of, of being a shaman, okay. right? When the first civilizations got together, everybody would go out and fucking hunt, and the shaman wouldn't wouldn't go with the hunt. He stayed. Back. He stayed by himself. He was a lot of times alone, right? And and I think there was, I forget who it was that said this, but he said that uh, when you're around other people, a lot of times you're getting caught up into the reflections that they put back on you about you, right? You can't see yourself clearly. You can't see the world around you clear. You have to get alone, you know, and kind of figure those things out and be on that spiritual journey. Right. And that's kind of where poetry and art has taken me is kind of this place, this this exploring the self, exploring the world around me. But often it happens when I'm alone, me and that piece of paper or now it's my phone. I'm writing on my phone. (laughs) Right. But this is this is kind of what it means to be a shaman when everybody else is going out with the hunt and looking for blood. You were the one that would kind of separated yourself from everybody else and had that time alone to kind of figure things out, you know? And I think that's what poets are. I think we're a little bit like that shaman on that spiritual journey. And a lot of times you have to do it alone, you know, and and figure some stuff out. And then all of a sudden everybody comes back from the hunt and here's this motherfucking shaman that's probably been tripping on mushrooms the last couple of days, right? He gives them of his spiritual wisdom, you know what I mean? Not that I claim in spiritual wisdom or none of that shit, but, um, you know, I think that, that for me, art... Art is confronting truth, mm. right? Okay. With, within ourselves, right? As an artist, I have to be able to first confront a truth and be that motherfucker with myself. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I don't really have nothing to say, right? Otherwise, I'm just rapping about the same stuff everybody's rapping about, you know, titties and shoes. <laughs> which, and I, which I which I enjoy. Titties and shoes, boats and hoes. <laughs> boats and hoes. Catalina wine mixer. Let's go. But I, th- I think that was a long goddamn answer for. No, I, I mean, it was a. It was hey, a genuine answer. It was a genuine answer. answer. Yeah. It what a coincidence. A, it was a genuine answer. Yeah, man. Well, it was nice. This was a, uh, you know, we're kind of getting towards that time. Before we go though. Oh. I, 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 I do have, a, a, and I had this little topic swirling around the back of my head. And actually we've talked about it before in the podcast, but I want to get into it just a little bit more. Okay. And it's because of the title of this Song, motherfucker. Well, hum. 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 Um, profanity. Profanity. We made a decision um, to, to be profane <laughs> on, <laughs> on, this, on this show. And I think for some people, it puts them off. But I really want to talk about a little bit of, of why that is. Because I feel like if there's some people that still have problems with, with the profanity, um, 
they might miss the bigger picture here, right? Because yeah. this show really is focused on and on connecting, connecting to each other through art, connecting to art, connecting to the world around us, you know, connecting to the inner self, all that type of shit, right? That's what what I'm going for here, um, because this world is so divided, you know. So my intention is not to put people off, right? Yeah. Um, when I first thought about using profanity on this show, I was like, uh, you know, I kind of rap that way. So I kind of have to be able to do this on the show. But the other thing is, is, you know, the things that I think that we censor sometimes, uh, like when you said judgment earlier, you know, you almost self-censored there. I, I think that we have this tendency to be so politically correct in our society and worry yeah. about what everybody thinks, you know what I mean? Um, Part of it is this, you know, using words like motherfucker for me is, is this is kind of who I am, dude. I mean, I grew up rough. I grew up around people that were rough. Um, I've been a construction worker, you know, convict, right? All these things, you know, and when I start to talk just myself, things like motherfucker comes out, you know what I mean? But I don't see that as um, being less than spiritually. Mm -hmm. No. Um, I really think that if you look at most profanity and you follow it back to its source, it, it always goes back to some type of control. Right? You know my favorite one? Which one? It's fuck. Fuck. You know what that is? Oh, I know exactly what it is. Fornication under King's consent. Oh, <laughs> I hadn't heard that. No, it, it was. It originally meant to to poke or to strike. Oh yeah, but it but it was that's it. There was houses that were fuck houses, and, yeah. and it was that same thing with shit. Ship high in transit was a manure boat <laughs> coming from the, to the new world. So it was okay. a shit ship. Yeah, and and know. see, I see I see words like like that is. The control that came was you're not supposed to use language like that in the proper places, right? You're, and a lot of times it was poor people that used that type of language, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you were in the proper places, you don't use language like that. It's a way of controlling language, right? And and you can almost bet that those kings and shit said stuff like shit. <laughs> oh, guarantee, bro. If you have no repercussions, you say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, there isn't any profanity out there that you can you can say that you can't follow it back to some type of control. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. We have a lot that circles around religion, right? God damn, Jesus Christ, you know, all these things, right? They're all re religious stuff, you know, and it was there from the religious leaders trying to control the language or even things like shit, tits, you know, stuff like that. These are parts of the body a lot of times, right? I wonder where tits came from. You don't know. Is it like, yo, tits? Well, like you know. women? I mean, obviously, I don't know. That one, I don't know. You know, it, <laughs> sorry, that was my my wandering eye. But it's like, <laughs> it's like these are parts of the body. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I guess, I guess the point is like, I, I think that there's a lot of oppression in our language and this is a way of kind of combating it because today there's so much judgment around so much like the cancel culture, mm -hmm. right? There's so much judgment. And I think being able to use profanity on this show, it does a couple of things. I'm being real with you motherfuckers for one, right? And I hope you pick up that we're being honest. Yeah. Um, you know, but the other thing is I'm really uh, like Tupac. I hate oppressive motherfuckers. I just, I, I just, I'm that motherfucker that wants to fight against oppression. You know what I'm saying? Fight yeah. against that motherfucker shit. Fight the power. You know, and 
okay, you look how much how much language uh, demonizes women in our profanity. Yeah, we've talked about that one before. We have. I, don't, I think we should dig into that a little bit. How much How much is there that really puts down dudes? There isn't well, a lot. Yeah, we talked about that. I know. I think it's also changing, though, because you, you said that. But when I think if someone is just like useless, I know it's not derogatory towards, but there's some things that could definitely... I don't know. It's just, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. But it's just the way that our language is constructed. But there's things you can say like, oh, that motherfucker's broke. Mm. That motherfucker's broken. You know, that motherfucker's useless. Mm. Like I know it doesn't, it's not the same as, you know, that's, he's, she's a bitch or anything like that. But there's, there's things where he says, there's, but I think being like calling someone useless to me, and I know it's not even, or someone who thinks they're great. If you're like, bro, you just average. Like, bro, you can kill some people with some average words. Mm. You know, <laughs> I remember I, I said that to someone once, like some dude who just thought he was the shit. And I was like, bro, for someone who talks so much, you sure are average. <laughs> and bro, I broke his spirits. Yeah. Like, and I, I had to go apologize. And I was just like, bro, someone had to put you in your place. Someone did it to me before too. Well, you know, to be genuine and to be different than average you have to have a little bit of time alone and form some unique opinions and yeah, ideas. I, felt, I still think about that, how bad I felt. I feel so bad now. Cause I was like, bro, why did I, I didn't need to do that to that kid. He was just a kid, man. But you know, but w- <clears throat> one thing, one thing that I know you mentioned in here, we could go, I mean, I know we've already talked about it, but I, I've thought about this and there's nothing that I can, I can't think of one thing that a guy, like you're a dick, maybe, mm. you know, asshole. But, you know, that's like the only one I really could think of. Asshole could be a woman. Woman right? as well. There's but yeah, asshole there's, women out but, there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But like dick is the one that I was like, the only one that I could really be like, yeah, you're a dick, man. Douchebag, but still has to do with a woman. So it's. But even yeah. even dick isn't necessarily always a, a bad thing because sometimes people that are dicks are just taking control of situations, yeah. right? Like they're. <laughs> well, I mean, now you'd be like, I'm a bad bitch. Yeah. You know, you own that shit, you know, like. Uh, Dude, one of the times it was one of the one of my friends who's gay. He he said something and it always got me laugh made me laugh so hard, bro. And I'll never forget. I just want to tell this story now because he goes, uh, he, he, he we were watching UFC fights and he walks in the room. He goes, "Oh my god, a group of guys watching other guys. You guys are a bunch of fags, man." <laughs> and bro, we all started dying laughing because he's my homie man and he just said that and I'll never forget that moment because it was just the fun it was one of the funniest moments I I don't think I ever laughed so hard in my life and that's the one when I realized like it was my like that's my dude you know so it's just like him owning his word mm-hmm. and like using it as like a power thing and which I you know I appreciate you can also say some people would say the same thing with like the n-word with like black people you know like they use it so much now it's just like in common culture that they embrace their word and that's like what they were. Cause I remember that growing up, I was always introduced as that word, you know, cause I was just around a lot of We work. can't say that word neither. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know how fucked up it is that that word's in so much rap and yeah, you, well, you're trying to jam to it and all of a sudden you get, ah, oh, fuck God. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, this, I don't even say it just anymore at all. Even like, I don't really, I don't really say it at all anymore. But when one, but it was always funny cause I, now I just go like, oh man, I got my black card when I was six years old. I guess what I always say to people, but I was like, but I just ain't me, man. It ain't my word. You know, I know words should be whatever, but it's a complex thing, man. We're all hypocrites in some way. I'll tell you an interesting story about that word. There was a rapper out of Tacoma named Elrock. Dude's badass. 
People should check him out. L Rock, L R O C. Um, but he's a great rapper, right? And I wrote a script for a music video for him, and I was doing a presentation with his entire entourage. And I'm sure a lot of them motherfuckers had guns, <laughs> right? Uh, I was doing this presentation with him and the film crew that was going to be filming this thing. And I was up in front of everybody. And basically, when when I write a screenplay or you know something like that for this song, I basically had his words written out. And I'm reading his words the way he it's written and then <laughs> explaining what we're going to visually see as it hits those lines for this music video. And he's got, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it this way, right? Every time we should be saying the end bomb, I'm going to use the word ginger because it's basically the same letters, right? You just got to flip <laughs> <laughs> the G, the I, the yeah, N, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like you can just take those words and just flip them around. So I'm going to say ginger. Right. So I'm going through this script and I mean, mostly people are black. I think the only white dude in the room. And like I said, these dudes had guns and I'm just a ginger this and a ginger that. And I'm going through the lyrics and about halfway through the song, my friend Chris goes, uh, Sean, <laughs> I'm gonna have to stop you right there. <laughs> he goes, I know that you don't have any hatred in your heart when you're using that word. Um, but we got to stop you. <laughs> you know, we just got to stop you. And, and first off, we say uh, R, not er. I was like, oh, what's this? Ginger, not ginger. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. Nobody ever put me through racist school, man. Yeah, well, if you don't grow with it, like all the time, you wouldn't. A hundred percent. They always say like, oh, bro, that was the hard R. Dude, I, you know? I, yeah, I yeah. just never made that connection. Yeah, dude, it was it was something we'd always grow up. Like when you'd hear something, be like, oh, shit, that was the hard R, homie. Like it'd be shit like that. But then it would only be like, oh, shit. Yeah, hard R was something we always grew up with. Like when we were joking and you'd even hear sometimes with some of my homies and it, it was, you would never like, you know, with the A, no one ever said it. It was just like dropping a glass plate when you mm -hmm. heard the, or you're just like, wait, excuse me? And it was just like that. But, you know, it is like we were saying, the whole censorship of words mm -hmm. and whatnot. And that's one of the reasons why we talk the way we talk. And it's just a genuine thing. But if if something, it's like a message. If if you can't, if you can't get, you know, understand what someone is saying, and it's, it's, it's a form of control if that's what's, if that's what's stopping you. Cause you're not even trying to go past the first like surface level mm. and you gotta go, you gotta go to the next level. If you're trying to truly understand and comprehend something, you know, that's why subtext is like a real thing in books and everything. You know, if you read everything at surface level, you're only going to get the surface level, but as an artist, as a painter, as any which way you want to do, there's always more to it. Obviously there's stuff that are just, is just surface level. But if you're trying to think of like metaphors or what this actually means, or what is like a light mean, or what does dark mean, or what is like, you know, it's bright in here. It's a fucking idea. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just a light. It's like, yeah. Or, you know, just how you want to kind of look at things. So it's, that's one thing that I've, you know, I've had people say that like, you curse a lot and I'm like, yeah, man, I know. But it's like, I'm that motherfucker. Yeah, it's like I am that motherfucker, man. I ain't saying anything that you haven't heard before. Well, that's just the most. I mean, almost yeah. everybody's cursing, yeah. dude. And because it's it's kind of a it's a crazy thing. So in my office, like we're pretty open. So it's kind of I think it's always shocking to people the first time they come into our office because you know we are very professional on the phone and when we yeah, talk yeah, to employers yeah. and we talk to everyone, it's like that. But then we, you know, 
then when we hang up the phone, be like, that's some fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> and then we, well, it's funny because we make a conscious effort to look to make sure no one else is on the phone. And then like afterwards, you know, we'll go like this and we'll be like, what? And be like, bullshit. You know, because like, I was like, I had to just get it out. That was from six minutes ago. <laughs> and it's just funny. But, you know, words, words are only as powerful as the power you give them. Mm. And you have to. If you, if you really want to see what someone's about, listen, actually listen and try to understand. And that's the one thing is a lot of people listen to just listen, but they're not actually listening to hear. Hmm. Big stuff right there, dude. And you know what I liked about that, that story that I was telling was my intention was not to harm anyone. Oh, absolutely not. I you was are, you literally, are literally, you have no hate in you, bro. Well, I got a little bit. No, act like I ain't got none. We all got a little bit. All right, bro. You know, I speak in absolutes. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, in this situation, like I was literally reading the the lyrics he wrote just for coordination of where we were in the the thing. And, you know, I walked away from that thing thinking two things. You know, one of those things was, I'm glad nobody shot me. (laughs) You're in a room full of black people and you probably said that word 30 times. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, but here's the, here's the other thing that I walked away from, you know, I'm judging myself by my intentions. Yeah. Right. And, and and other people, they kind of knew where I was coming from, but they also kind of. There, there was, there was some intent with that word. There was some an intent that I didn't bring into that word. Yeah. Right. Some things that existed for them, and when they heard that, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and this ginger over here <laughs> might have got shot. You know, but th- the point is, kind of like the profanity on this show, right? Sometimes we're using these words, we don't really understand the impact that it has on other people. You know, and I don't want to derail somebody um, and and move them off the mark when it comes to what we're doing here um, by using the profanity. But at at the same time, the show isn't really trying to be safe. No. Right. We we are trying to talk about some things. And I don't know how you talk about how the politics of the world and everything's going on out there and not say things like, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Which is probably the most dynamic word in the English language. Hmm, pretty much. It can be everything, man. That's what one thing I know. How long? Oh, we yeah, can keep we're, going. We're, I was like, we're, we can keep going. Because I was like, dude, tone is so funny. Because, you know, fuck and fuck. It's the same word, but it means so much different things, man. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, man, I, I was, I, thank you for letting us just like do things that we did this way. I, I appreciate just talking about it because I know it's something we haven't ever done. And I just kind of, you know, I, I knew that no matter what was going to happen today, there would always be substance because you got two motherfuckers that don't shut the fuck up sometimes. And I really wanted <laughs> to do more of kissing your goddamn ass on this show because of everything you've done so far. Um, I don't think you realize how important you've been to me as a human um, because you know, I really believe in this project. Um, I think it's, I think it's something that's going to do some good in the world. And if I didn't have you, I think this thing would be falling flat, to be honest with you. If I could blush, I would. (laughs) You know, anyway, (laughs) I'm rambling at this point. We are them motherfuckers. It's your boy, Ace Cannon. This is Curious G. Thanks for joining us. On we out, right? <laughs> Truth to power. I'm that motherfucker. I'm that motherfucker. I'm that motherfucker. I'm that motherfucker. I'm
I'm that motherfucker. I'm that motherfucker. I'm that motherfucker. I'm that motherfucker. I come from the muddy south. Filth runs straight out my mouth. Non-stop, steady chop. Bites, tongues on the beats we drop. Mom's the word outspoken on random absurd. Swung for the sun, just for some hate on the goddamn word. Bomb fire type of speak. Hell, I'm full moon bright like wolves. How bleak winter night. The sheep, the crowd, the sleeping tight. You'll go to sleep, we's gonna fight. You'll go to sleep, we's gonna fight. Peace. Minds I watchful, balls I breathe. I talk shit, snatch a mic. Get us lifted, wrapped and wrapped and fucking bright. Just like truth, don't get this twisted. Grip the wheel, fucking right. Off road, bumps the night. Lost the sign. Drive tight, motherfucking drive. Fuck off blind. Remind me, crash. Where we at? Three minds step over trap. Fuck all that. Fall in line, straight up. Gas bills high, fire rises, hot thrill Skill, lyrical, unchained beat Bring that motherfucking fucked up heat When to drop the match down on the street Gas up grill, fires deep cut meat Sizzle, baby, sizzle Shine on, like spot on beef Brisket kicks it, quiet home Gets heavy to talk open where I come from Gets heavy to talk open where I come from Say motherfucker again Oh hell son, I wish you will Motherfucker that don't come fast Swung in the hot, a freak show mash I'm that motherfucker on the gas Right on time or break Shake, wake, crack up, hold on fast Here come that flash Light slows down and waves my ass to pass Light slows down and waves my ass to pass Light slows down and waves my ass to pass I'm that motherfucker 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 Yes, I be the man Everyday part of my master plan Fucking with me's like running with the bulls Lyrically sound, mentally smooth Yeah, to my body and I know this shit Even Hammer says I'm too legit A perfect fit, don't quit the game Hotness, don't drop a sex game Insane, I'm not like everybody else Thank God for that I'm Marty McFly, futuristic raps My ego, Kanye West Raps when I spit them, never second best Free stuff for free, I do it, no charges Even if I got paid, I do this shit regardless When I'm in the booth, I get excited I bleed red Man United, glory, glory, champion, so sue me Got game like my name, Wayne Rooney What you assuming? I am plain, well-dressed motherfucker, that's my name I'm that motherfucker, I'm that motherfucker 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 Who gets my goat? Idioms Like the phrase, get my goat <laughs> My fucking goat I do not recall Ever owning a goat? Honestly, don't even know what to do with a goat. <laughs> well, my redneck ass would be using him like a Roomba. When it comes to mowing my lawn, <laughs> I'd like to get your goat, have him mow my lawn, then send his ass packing. You know another idiom that always made me laugh? 
What about the idiom, killing three birds with one stone? Hey, dipshit, you fucked up the idiom. It's two birds, not three. Really? Why only two? Two really is not that impressive if you think about it. Why only kill two birds? You could actually kill a ton of birds with one fucking stone. The cool thing about the stone, no need to reload. Just keep bashing fucking birds. Another stupid fucking saying. We gotta talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> Why? I would say we gotta ask which one of you's dumb motherfuckers put an elephant in my room? Because you better get his fat fucking ass out the same way that you got him in. I'm pretty sure he takes elephant-sized shits. Putting an elephant in the room, just for the sake of conversation, seems redundant. Like beating a dead horse. Why would anyone beat a dead horse? The whole point of beating a horse is so the fucking thing will know you're pissed. Speaking of horses, you know how people tell you that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink? First off, why in the fuck do I care if a horse drinks? I might care if he wants to take a piss, especially if he's a racehorse. But let's suppose I did want this horse I just drugged down to the river to take a sip. Don't you tell me I'm not going to get him the drink. You hold a fucking horse's head underwater. They'll drink. Give his nuts a squeeze. River water right down the gullet, gallons at a time. Try to stop that motherfucker from drinking. He will drink until he drowns. If you ask me if I can get a horse to drink, I'll ask you as pig pussy pork. <laughs> You bet your sweet ass. Here is another idiotic idiom. Hey, that boy charges an arm and a leg. Fuck, what kind of fucking currency is that bar using? Shit, I only got 20s. What's the arm and leg exchange rate? I'm actually interested to know who did the earning potential projections to determine a cost and effective margin for arms and fucking legs. Seems excessive. I mean, even in Hong Kong. Although, if I did pay an arm and a leg in some Chinese bar, my first question is, can it be anyone's arm and leg? <laughs> Do they need to match? I mean, is it cool if I provide a female black leg with a midget Chinese male arm? Second question. For a leg and an arm... Hmm, what do I get? I mean, you'd think it'd have to be good, right? That is, if people are going through the trouble of chopping off arms and fucking legs. Could I get, I don't know, a Guinness and a hand job? I mean, there's nothing like a Guinness, but for arm and a leg, I better get a hand job. You know what I like as the southern idioms? See, I'm from the south. We got special ones down there. Special just like us. Like the southern idiom, quit going around your ass to get to your elbow. <laughs> How many people in the south were doing this? Going around their ass 
to get to their elbow. <laughs> Clearly thing clears things up for people when you show them and just touch your elbow. <laughs> so your ass ain't even got to come into the picture there, Elroy. <laughs> so I can just touch it like that. Dumb fucking idioms. Oh, here's one I like. I'm going to give you a taste of your own medicine. <laughs> well, no shit. Do I look like I can't tell the difference between dipshit and apple butter? Who else's medicine would I agree to taste? That is why it is my own medicine, you simple fuck. Hey, you know what? Fuck a taste. If an I need me some medicine, give me a fucking dose. You ever read the directions for medicine that says take a taste and wait for four hours? <laughs> that medicine sounds like someone forgot to cut the coke. Fuck me, man. If I'm sick, I don't want uncut coke. I'll be flying around here like a fart in a fan factory. Look, if I'm not well, just give me my own goddamn medicine. Then go get that fucking elephant out of my room. Pretty sure elephant turds carry disease. Logic like that is tighter than a frog's ass in a flood. Sometimes people just have nothing to say. And they talk just to prove it. <laughs> Well, that was it for Truth to Power podcast on the infamous motherfucker episode. Now we're going to be getting into the second song on Storm of Clouds and Smoke. This song is a song that's special to me, and I hope you can appreciate the idea behind this song. Trap. Poverty strikes repetitious trap. Velocity bites, taunt cold, I end Famine, a feast, smash, grab Please babe, please, we've been down here to close to slap on our knees I like the way that hope will tease But this will end as all delusions bleed Pay attention, yo, this two cent ain't free Trap, clack, sounds of chains Caught up in this merchant trade Trap, click, sounds that lock Trapped as sure as we is to heart Trapped free, here come the dark Trap we map, plot, clock, and chart Trap we map, plot, clock, and chart Trap we map, plot, clock, and chart Game of love sheds humanity Seek ends where ends get desperate, see Femme fatale, gun, toe, chain, smoke Straight up in your face, quick to your throat Type of sat smooth as the last of hope She's the type of trap that either fulfills full time Feed the dome, deep as deep gets into bone She'll be that beast, the swallows last Breath I breathe, she don't kiss lips But she'll ride you broke, drain you, lift you into ghost Yo, straight up, into smoke Type of gift, you wants to choke Inspiration flesh doll was all she wrote As if this succubus left a note <laughs> Merchant trade, trap, click, sounds that lock, trapped as sure as we is the heart, trapped free, here it come the dark, trap we map, plot, clock, and chart, trap we map, plot, clock, and chart, trap we map, plot, clock, and chart, locked up and bound into poverty, hyperbole, knock, knock, clouds, dark, set, down, cracks back that thunder, lightning, sound, disposable lives, we try not see, like the foulest air, you dare not breathe, shelter, push, crush life, live 
ever wonder how much more there is to give Homelessness trapped by the life they slip As I'm waiting for my lady Luck to hit when she does I won't look back Convict type run out of this trail Sure as we is the heart